welcome to another episode of Rebel with a Cause. I am your host, Eric, and uh, quite a bit has happened uh, this week, and uh, we're going to just get right into it. All right, right here, four in ten Americans embrace some form of socialism. Tisk, tisk, tisk. So um, here are the highlights of the story. This is uh, actually from uh, Gallup. Uh, 43% of Americans say socialism would be a good thing for a country. And it'd be a, it'd be a good thing, right? 51% believe uh, socialism would be a bad thing for the country. And Americans split on viewing economy as free market or government controlled. Newsflash. Not exactly free market. Well, free-ish. I'll put it that way. How about that? Uh, Americans today are more closely divided than they were earlier in the last century when asked whether some form of socialism would be a good thing or a bad thing for the country. While 51% of the U.S. adults say socialism would be a bad thing for the country, 43% believe it would be a good thing. Those results contrast with the 1942 Roper Fortune survey that found 40% describing socialism as a bad thing and 25% a good thing. And 34% not having an opinion. 1942. Hmm. Who was president in 1942? Yeah, probably one of the biggest socialists we've ever had as a president. But uh, uh, The Roper Fortune Survey is one of the oldest trend questions measuring attitudes on socialism in the U.S. Gallup's update of the question in April 17th to the 30th. Survey finds Americans more likely to have an opinion on the matter now, as well as a smaller gap in the percentage calling socialism a bad thing versus a good thing. Previous Gallup research shows that Americans' definition of socialism has changed over the years, with nearly one in four now associating the concept with social equality, and 17% associating it with more classical definition of having some degree of government control over the means of production. A majority of Democrats said that they view socialism positively. I really need to learn how to speak positively in Gallup polling since 2010, including 57% in the most recent measure in 2018. Okay, so you guys don't even know the definition of the word that you're being asked about, but you think it'd be a great thing. Well, it's going to cure social equality. (laughs) Sure, we'll all starve equally. (laughs) Oh, yeah, let's see. Somehow I clicked off of the story. That's not good. Got to go back. All right. Uh, Gallup first asked Americans in 1949 about their outlook on the spread of democracy over the next 50 years. At the time, 7 in 10 Americans, 72%, believed that most countries in the world would have a democratic government. It is important to note that in much of the political rhetoric of the time, the terms democracy and capitalism were more intimately intertwined than they were today, uh, perhaps synonymously to many. Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, if you're, (laughs) you know, if you've got well over 40% of Americans saying that they think socialism is a great thing, one only has to look at the last election. Okay. Uh, socialist on the right, one to two pick, a 1950s-style LBJ with a bad spray tan in Donald Trump. 
who is socialist. Okay. But he's for, you know, helping big business, right? You know, just read cronyism in there, not actual capitalism. And then we look over on the Democrat side. The Democrats wanted to get Bernie Sanders in there, but because of uh, fuckery on the DNC, he got shoved out of there in lieu of Hillary Clinton. (sighs) And then, in the midterm elections, they gave us the wonderful walking cartoon Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, a Democratic Socialist. Okay. So... It's no wonder that Americans are completely clueless on this subject. Uh, Economics education in this country is abysmal. I've said that many times before. And in fact, I had to sit there and start learning it on my own. Because I'm a product of uh, public education. Which the two are kind of an oxymoron, being together in the same... uh, Sentence. And then it's no surprise. You get 43% of them that say, yeah. Or what was the actual percentage of it? Yeah, 43% that say, yeah, it's a good thing. But they don't even know the actual definition of the word. Social equality? So people have uh, blended... uh, Social justice with uh, socialism, and I guess, uh, well, it's got the word social in it. Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. So it's just kind of interesting to see where where things have gone since the the 1940s. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, notably, more Americans favor free market than government control over health care and higher education, two areas in which Democrat politicians have made proposals to greatly expand government involvement. But at least four in ten Americans appear sympathetic to policies that would increase the government's role in these areas. <laughs> That's because they've never been to a VA hospital, I guess. I don't know. All right. Speaking of government involvement where it doesn't really need to be, Let's go to Texas. CNN Politics has this uh, story. All right. So um, the San Antonio City Council in March approved a new concessions contract for the San Antonio International Airport Hair Care Tire Change Center and Nail Salon uh, on the condition that the fast food chain Chick-fil-A be excluded. So Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton... Ken Paxton? Sounds like a Simpsons character name. Anyways, uh, Attorney General Ken Paxton announced an investigation to see whether or not the city violated Chick-fil-A's religious liberty with its decision. Okay, so the Texas Senate introduced this bill that uh, government entities would not discriminate based on religious affiliation. Okay. Chick-fil-A sells chicken... Last time I checked, that's not a church. Okay, but I know where the controversy is. The controversy is Chick-fil-A is owned and operated by a very religious person who closes the restaurant down on Sundays. 
Okay, and in the past has been very critical of same-sex marriage. Okay. Now, a couple of things. First, let's start with the San Antonio City Council having any say what goes into the airport. Okay. When I say, if every square inch of the planet was in private hands, problems like this would be solved very quickly and very swiftly with extreme prejudice by the free market. Okay. But 43% of Americans don't know what the free market is if it jumped up off the ground and bit them in the face. But I digress. If the San Antonio airport was wholly owned and operated by a private group who just want to get people on board airplanes and to their destinations, wherever they may be. The concessions contract, let's say, did go to a Chick-fil-A. Okay? Everyone likes their chicken sandwiches, right? Anybody living in the South? Have you driven by a Chick-fil-A? And seen that drive through line wrap around a couple of times. But yet people get their food. They get through there with some kind of efficiency to it. I can't see it from where I see it, from, you know, driving past it. But uh, people get their chicken. They love their Chick-fil-A chicken. Okay. So let's say this uh, Chick-fil-A goes into the airport. And uh, people with a conscious, with scruples, say, I'm not going to eat at the place where the guy said same-sex marriage was a bad thing. Okay? You're well within your right. You are exercising your free speech. You're voting with your dollars. Okay. Now let's say you've got enough of these people going through that airport that are consciously not going to Chick-fil-A because they disagree with the owner's stance on same-sex marriage. Okay? Now, what would happen in this case? Well, the airport would have to look as to why Chick-fil-A is not turning a profit in this very profitable airport. Or maybe some of the other food vendors are just raking cash in hand over fist, but Chick-fil-A, for whatever reason, struggling to pay the rent Okay, well, the airport would then have to take a serious look about keeping Chick-fil-A in that airport. Customer comments. Maybe it doesn't even get that far. You know, maybe they got that space blocked out and it says, coming soon, Chick-fil-A. But they get a whole bunch of upset people. No, 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 no. Don't put that Chick-fil-A in there. We don't like them. They discriminate. They're bigots. Hmm says the owner of the San Antonio Airport Hair Care and Tire Center slash Nail Salon. I'm only joking because I really don't know how big the San Antonio Airport is. I can't imagine it being very big, but, you know, here we are. Um, so maybe the Chick-fil-A doesn't get there at all because there's so much of an outcry from people who don't like the owners of Chick-fil-A. All right? See? The free market would handle it. You don't need the Texas Senate 
to come in there and say, oh, we just need to protect people's religious affiliations. You've already got that. It's called the First Amendment to the Constitution. You have a freedom of religion. You don't have a freedom from it. You have a freedom of it. And if you choose not to darken the doorstep of a Chick-fil-A because you disagree with the way things are run or what the owner of the business has said, then don't go. No one's forcing Chick-fil-A down your gullet. I know it seems that way because the drive-thru is always busy. But those people are there voluntarily. <laughs> okay. Such a silly thing. And people, and we can tell this from the previous story, you know, 43% of Americans think government needs to take a, a little more control over the economy for social equality, right? But one thing that they don't realize is that government is like Midas, but in reverse. Instead of everything it touches turning to gold, everything it touches turns to shit. And it goes to shit very quickly. So yeah, we've got this bill now that's going to uh, keep government from discriminating against people with a certain religious affiliation. Okay, great. I can't wait for your lawsuits. And you know they're going to happen. You know they're definitely going to happen. So just another another uh, story we got to keep keep an eye out for. Okay, so uh, I'm going to take you guys back in time. Um, a few months ago, I uh, interviewed a lady by the name of uh, Jill Reader on the show, and uh, we talked about uh, NSNG, uh, no sugar, no grains, and ketogenic. Uh, diets and everything, which apparently uh, now everybody is doing, and, you know, I'm a member of the Ketotarian group on uh, Facebook there, so it's, um, I always uh, enjoy reading some of the posts and kind of shaking my head at some of them, but, uh, so this one comes from People, and uh, those of you may know who this person is, uh, I actually had to do a little, like a... IMDb uh, search for her. Sherry Shepard. Uh, she used to be a um, one of the gals on The View. And uh, she was diagnosed with uh, type 2 diabetes in uh, 2007. And uh, she adopted a no-sugar diet. And uh, for a year, and now her A1Cs are in a in a much better place. Her blood pressure is in a much better place. And I can't tell you all of the good things that it's done for me. You know, losing 110 pounds, my Hashimoto's thyroiditis, uh, improving. You know, my thyroid was covered about 20% in nodes and then it's now not covered at all i still have scar tissue on it from where my immune system was trying to attack it okay blood pressure resting heart rate all that stuff is improved for me simply by 
cutting out the things that was causing the inflammation to begin with. Okay. And so uh, Miss Shepard here has done this, and uh, you know they've got some great pictures of her, and you can see that she's got a big old belly in one picture, and the next one, you know, she's looking, looking trim and fit. And I can actually see in these pictures that her skin has improved, which is another benefit. Um, so I would just like to congratulate her on uh, making a switch to uh, not putting that poisonous substance called sugar in your mouth. And uh, her health is improving because of it. So I, I can't congratulate people enough for that. Um, it doesn't really say what else she's doing. You know, it just says that she's no sugar. So obviously she's hearing it from somewhere. So I think, um, and I really hate this term, the Overton window is moving a little bit in our favor. Uh, however, uh, in related things, I've seen all of the, the keto snacks becoming available on the store shelves. And folks, I, don't, I really don't know how to tell you this. Sugar alcohol is still a sugar. <laughs> yes, it's not going to spike your insulin. You know, it's not going to have the same glycemic response. But it is still there. Um, and I don't know about the rest of you. I've tried stevia. I've tried monk fruit extract. I've tried the erythritol. All that stuff tastes like gasoline to me. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out that there's a gene for that. Kind of like uh, cilantro tasting like soap for some people. But yeah, that stuff tastes like gasoline to me. It's got a very chemical aftertaste to it. I don't like it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm seeing like the, um, uh, now, this is the keto cookie. Don't eat that shit. <laughs> well, now we've got ketone esters for sale. That, that wasn't developed for you. <laughs> but everyone likes to cheat. Everyone likes to find the, the shortcut. And unfortunately, it's, it's not a good thing. But uh, if you guys want to learn a little bit more about that, uh, you know, hit me up in a DM or send an email to the show rebel with a cause podcast at protonmail.com. Uh, I'll be glad to set you in the right direction. All right. So that's going to bring us to the question. I opened up the, uh, the AMA window earlier today and got one response. It's a good question though. This one's from at Josh Rines on uh, Twitter. What's your favorite type of footwear? Favorite type of footwear. Uh, is actually uh, flat, hard sole sneakers. So think Chuck Taylors. Okay, right now I am wearing out these Altama over-the-breech boots, you know, quote-unquote. But if you look at them, they look like a Chuck Taylor, only made by the people who make combat boots. Been wearing them out. Uh, that's my favorite type of footwear to do. Uh, on occasion, I will wear my uh, Wolverine um, Wellington boots. Uh, I've got a pair of Skechers uh, running shoes and a pair of Skechers, uh, what I call my ugly shoes. <laughs> uh, occasionally, I'll wear those, but I always go back to the uh, the Chuck Taylor, uh, you know, think Vans um, type of thing. Uh, that's my favorite type of footwear to wear. 
But uh, that was the only question I got. I think I answered it. <laughs> All right, let's get into the uh, the plugs of the show. Guys, uh, this this evening, and gals, and don't want to discriminate, uh, this evening I recorded some bonus content. Uh, you know, Libertarian Basics. I threw it up on the Patreon, the Bitbecker, and Subscribestar. Um, I'll even put a hidden post on Minds.com. Uh, so if you contribute a token over there, you can get it. Um, or if you send me a fiat currency through paypal.me forward slash rebel with a cause show, uh, I'll make sure that you get a, a link to that so that you can see it too. And I'll even give you a shout out on the show. Uh, also, if uh, you want to actually get something for uh, a contribution, please check out my store on teespring.com. It's a Rebel with a Cause podcast. If you search for that, uh, my store should come up on there. And I've got t-shirts, coffee mugs, uh, and uh, I got this email over the weekend about selling uh, racerback uh, dresses. <laughs> I don't think my audience skews that female, but, um, you know, what the hey. I might design something and throw it up there. But uh, anyways, guys, that's a fun few stories there. Uh, it gets uh, to the heart of uh, what us libertarians like to talk about. Uh, so until next week, guys, out.